0: associate pastor for over two decades. He retired May 31st, 2018, and we told him, we're giving you one year off before you come back. So May 31st, 2019 was Friday. (laughs) So that was his one year that he exited the building, and Saturday, June 1st, we had him come back to speak. So welcome, Pastor Fred, this morning. Thank you. Good morning what happened to what happened to that year Good night um, well the uh, my last sunday here uh, may twenty sixth or whatever it was on the twenty seventh I was in rehearsal for a summer production at uh, del Webb and the theater company and uh, then shortly after that, we went to Mexico with our kids for a vacation and then Right after that, uh, September, we were, in, uh, we were cast in a role for South Pacific in the summer, in the theater company. And uh, so we've been, I've ministered in Colorado, in Wyoming, uh, been to California to visit my brother and family there. Uh, where Linda and I both joined the Prairie Singers, which is a chorus of people, the average age is about 106. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding, 105, no, it's, but anyway, it's a a great group of people, in fact, Kerry Cullinane has also joined that group, so uh, it's uh, it's kind of fun, and uh, I meet every Wednesday morning with uh, four or five other men for a Bible study, and actually some of them are men from Christian Life Church, Jared Johnson and uh, Gary Knight, we meet together every Wednesday and just uh, share life together, and we pray and thank God for His goodness. And I've got to let you in on a secret. Uh, before we left, John Glad and I had a, a little, little thing that we would do uh, every Sunday morning. When he would come in, I'd be over there. We would point at each other like that, just to acknowledge that we were both here. Well, John has faithfully sent me a finger-pointing emoji <laughs> every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. You're crazy. So I've got to stop what I'm doing in church and go. Oh, John, come on. So I've got to send him back a finger point, you know. So otherwise, he who knows what would happen. So I, yeah, I've I've left, but I haven't left. So uh, I'm still still connected. The strings are still pretty tightly tightly tied. But uh, I've got a a message I want to share with you this morning, and I've entitled it because uh, my memory is getting getting a little less, uh, my sermon title is called, is id, I-N, that's it, that's it, in. And in is a little preposition that generates and creates and identifies relationship. And, uh, in, you know, and the Bible uses the word a lot, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, we need to, we, in him I live and breathe and move and have my being, it's about being in. You see, if things have to, be, have to come in, they have to come in you to make a difference, to build a relationship. You have to be in love. You've got to understand the power of this little word. And I'm hoping that as you remember or as you hear this word in the future, you'll think of this message in, so, in one way or another. But uh, what I re- my real focus, although that's, that's the kind of guiding word, but my real focus this morning is going to be on joy, the word joy. And uh, I have three points regarding that, that word, so you'll figure it out as we travel along. But how many of you know, or maybe are, joy killers? <laughs> now, if you are a joy killer, do not raise your hand. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> but you probably, everybody knows a joy killer. And probably one of the greatest stories that I've ever heard about a joy killer is this poor gentleman that he's on his last legs. He's about to die. And, I mean, it could happen at at any moment. And he's laying in bed, and all of a sudden he smells chocolate chip cookies being baked in the kitchen. And he's thinking, oh, I have married an angel. She's going to let me just fill up on chocolate chip cookies before I go on to my final reward. And uh, so he... With every strength he can muster, he crawls out of bed, and he starts crawling into the kitchen, and he raises himself up on the counter, and he, he begins to reach for one of those amazing cookies. And as his hand gets closer, his wife goes with the spatula, whap, don't touch those, those are for the funeral. <laughs> That's a joy killer. That's, that's cold. That's, none of you wives, don't ever do that, please. I mean, come on, you know, just be nice. Turn to Psalm 16 with me. It's a, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a great joy for Linda and I to be here. Linda is here. Honey, wave so they know you're really here. If it weren't for Linda, I'd still be single, um, but, uh, no. She is uh, probably one of the great things that God gave to me in my life. Other than salvation, she would be right at the top of that list. So, honey, thank you. You are the best. And, uh, but you already knew that, so we're good. Uh, Psalm 16. The psalmist writes, "You have verse 11, sorry. You, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The path of life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The psalmist here writing, and he makes this statement, you will fill me with joy in your presence. He doesn't use the word happiness. I'm convinced that happiness is very circumstantial. Happiness is an emotion and it's based purely on situations and circumstances and stuff. You know, man, am I happy? I just got a lot of money, or man, am I happy? I got a new car. Or, man, am I happy? But the problem is that money will be spent, the car will be dinged. And and so, you know. Life will just move on and happiness comes and goes. And if you live your life to be happy, you're going to be in trouble. But if you understand the power of joy, joy is based purely on relationship. My relationship with God. The Bible tells me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what joy is. That's where it comes from. I can be in the midst of the most horrendous situation and still have the joy of the Lord. But I can't be in, every, in, any, in a terrible situation and feel happy. I'm not going to feel happy. But I need to understand that my, the joy that I have, the joy that I carry, the strength that comes to me is that relationship with God because that is immovable. It's unchangeable as long as I stay in that relationship with God. And so understanding the power of joy is what I want to talk about this morning. I love kids. Kids are amazing. Other people's kids. No, my own kids are amazing. And, you know, I've loved working with kids for for years. But little Gracie one day is coming home. Her mom goes to pick her up. Gracie's like first grade. And mom has picked her up from school, and they're walking home together, and a thunderstorm is coming in. And in the distance, there's, you know, there's lightning. And they're walking, and every time the lightning flashes, Gracie stops and looks up in the sky and just flashes this huge smile. And then they walk a little further, and it lightnings again, she stops again. She looks up, and And finally her mom says, Gracie, what are you doing? She says, Mom, I'm just posing for pictures when God takes my picture. God's taking my picture. Gracie, you're just not right. That's lightning. That could hurt us. No, that's a flash bomb. That's God taking pictures. You see, life is about how we approach it. It's about perspective. And by the time we're done this morning, I'm going to give you a whole new perspective on the idea of joy. The first point is this, joy. Find joy in the journey. In the journey. How many of you are on a journey? How many of you are on a on, you're on a path? You have a story to tell. You are walking, you are traveling through life. And there have been exciting times, and there have been frustrating times, and there have been grieving times, and there have been glorious times. That's life. And sometimes we feel like we want we want some kind of an explanation every time some something difficult happens. But you see, the path of life is going to take us from birth, or as we in the the ministry call it, from the womb to the tomb. From birth to death. That's the extent of that travel, of that journey. For some, it has been a very long journey, and it still hasn't ended. For others, it's been a very short journey. For some, it's been cut off tragically. Like, again, the insanity that took place in Virginia Beach. I mean, you know, let me share something with you. When I hear stuff like that, it just makes me more and more angry at the devil. Satan is behind that craziness. And he understands how short his time is. And that's why he seems to be working overtime at just driving people to do completely ridiculous things. And so instead of saying, where is God in the midst of this? God is where God has always been. He's there. But he has allowed and does allow Satan to operate, unfortunately, but he does. But someday Satan is going to be put into punishment that he, he, that he can't even imagine. I think the wrath of God is going to be something else. And I'm excited to be in heaven to watch that. When, when Satan finally gets his just reward, or deserts or punishment, or whatever. So when you see these kinds of things, and hear these things, that there are so many things in the world that are just, un, un, they're not right, they're unfair, they're wrong on every level. It's at that moment you say, Father, in, in, in Christ's name, give me the courage to fight against the enemy in what I can do myself, help me to reach out to my neighbor and, and try to bring them into the fold and into the family of God, help me to do whatever I could do, help me to pray wherever I need to pray, help me to give where I could give, help me to go where I need to go, but, but take on the fight against the enemy, and you don't need to try to explain, you know, where is God when all this happens, God's where God always is, everywhere, you know, it's not like, none of this is surprising him. But I want you to understand the the perspective is find joy in this journey. Look for it. Seek it out. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12 with me quickly. See if I can get to that. Hebrews chapter 12. I know you're in here. There you are. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore... And lose heart. It was the joy. What was the joy that was, what do you think the joy was that was set before Christ? What was he excited about? What what gave him the strength and stamina and courage to withstand the crucifixion and all the all the insanity that that surrounded that situation? What was that joy? What do you think? Okay, doing the will of the Father. What else? Eternity up. Exactly. I think he saw the millions of people that were going to be saved. He saw, you know, he realized when I say it is finished, heaven's going to start filling. From that moment on, everyone that accepts Christ, everyone that that bows the knee, everyone that that understands what Christ did, the doors of heaven were then opened. And then the countless, the countless believers, as they would pass away, would begin to flood into heaven. And Jesus saw that and said, I can handle this to see that. Amen. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Understand that in the journey, as, as, as hard as it might be, that the Holy Spirit, and we're going to get to that in a minute, He will strengthen you in this so that you'll see that. That's going to be worth it all. That is going to be worth it all. Let's move on. It's not how or why, but it's where we're going. Let's just remember that. The next point joy in the obstacles. The obstacles. Now, one of the passages that I've thought has, was always kind of a hard passage to get a hold of is in James chapter 1. So turn to James, and here's what James says. Consider it pure joy. Oh, this has got to be good. My brothers, whenever you ha- face trials or of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Really, James? Are you kidding me? Pure joy? Yeah. Then look at what he says in verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. As I thought about this, I you know, struggled with it a little bit. I think pure joy when I face all kinds of issues and problems and obstacles. Anybody ever gone over a speed bump? What do you do when you get to a speed bump? Slow down and then what? Get over it. When life gives you a speed bump, slow down, get over it, and keep going. Can you imagine what would happen to traffic if, if everybody would stop at the speed bumps? And just stay there? <laughs> oh no, it's just me. What am I going to do? I go, get <laughs> no, No, just s- slow down. Get over it and keep going. The obstacles that come our way in life. Someday you'll be able to thank Adam and Eve for all of that. It's basically their fault. But you see. Obstacles in life, they come to all of us. Sometimes it comes in the shape of a bad doctor report, a disease. Something's broken, something's stopped working, you know, something. An obstacle. Sometimes it's relational. Financial. Any of you ever been fired from a job? Just me, I'm the only one cool. Okay, whatever. You guys are awesome people. I didn't realize I was in the presence of perfection. This is awesome. But a lost job, lost money. Have you ever lost any money? Some of you probably big time money, some little money, some whatever. Sometimes it's it's relational, siblings, children, Get at odds with one another. And, you know, how do we fix this? How do we solve this problem? For some, your microwave doesn't work right. You know, and that's an obstacle. And You're just, you know, just beside yourself. Don't know what to do. Call for a repairman. Throw it away and buy a new one. But you see, obstacles come in life all the time. You know, for over 20 years, I drove I-90 to come here to church. Uh, not 20 years, 9 years, sorry. So... So, I would join a million of my close friends, and we would all come east, you know, down 90. And, you know, anytime somebody decides to slow down, everybody slows down. It's just, you know, it's just a blessing. Not every day. But that was, an, it was like an obstacle. Come on, get out of the way. Don't you realize who I am? I'm Pastor Fred. I have to get to church. Get out of the way. <laughs> Nobody would ever listen. It was just so depressing. But you see, the obstacles in life, why do they come? What are they for? Because they develop in us two things. James says, number one, perseverance, which is the ability to stick with it. Christians have not been designed to quit. Other than like smoking, drinking, you know, all the bad stuff. But we don't don't quit. This journey of life. The second thing that I that came like just, just a flash to my mind: obstacles generate creativity. It's why and how we create things. I you know, I'm kind of a MacGyver. I practiced here at church a lot. I fixed all kinds of stuff. You know, something would go wrong and Pastor Fred, could you check that toilet over there? Pastor Fred, could you see what's going on over there? Pastor Fred, could you figure out why the roof leaks? Pastor Fred, could you see why this thing doesn't work? Could you see why that? And I, you know, it just, it pumped me. Because I would get to go and look and, and begin to, to look at it and think about it and try to figure it out and I'd figure, you know, fix it this way or that way or whatever. And there are times when I, you know, I get stumped. It was an obstacle. How do I fix this? And so usually about 4 o'clock in the morning, Holy Spirit would tap me and he'd go, are you sleeping? Yes! (laughs) Here, this is how you can fix that. Hey, that's a great idea. That'll work. You're the best, Holy Spirit. Next time, wait till 6.30. (laughs) No, because you'll be up running around and I won't have your attention. I got your attention at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes, you do. I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, I've got to start saying, honey, honey, the Holy Spirit just woke me up. Do you want to hear? (laughs) I may look like I'm not real bright, but I am brighter than that. (laughs) I know that's not the right answer. But the obstacles, creativity, it helps us to go deeper. It'll help us to go higher. It'll force us to go wider. And sometimes it'll just help us to go right straight through it. But that's what, finding the joy in the obstacles. Not for the, don't ever thank God for the problem. That just doesn't make sense. But thank him that in that, the Bible tells us, Paul says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Find the joy in that obstacle and say, God, I don't understand why this is here or what this is. However, because of my relationship with you, I am going to ask you. And Paul says, what is, I mean James. What does James say in the next few verses? Very, very powerful word. If any man lack wisdom, there you go, wisdom. What is wisdom? It's using knowledge creatively. That's wisdom. Wisdom. The ability to take information and use it creatively to build, fix, strengthen, encourage, whatever, that's wisdom. And that brings joy. Man, I you know, I loved being able to walk away from a situation and know, thank you, God, for helping me figure that out. Only let's. Maybe 6 o'clock would work better, really. Possible. There's a chorus that I, just a little piece of the chorus goes like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Third thing, joy in yielding to the Holy Spirit. Find the joy in the journey. Find the joy in the obstacles, as strange as that may sound. But then find the joy in yielding to the Holy Spirit. In Galatians, Paul says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Love, thank you, joy. Number two on the list, joy, a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all about helping you develop your joy. And and how does he do that? By leading you into all truth. There's nothing, nothing that I like better than knowing that I know the truth. I get great joy out of getting the right answer. On a test, amen. Yeah. There's no thrill in getting the wrong answer, <laughs> but when I know it, when that test lays down in front of me and I'm going down the list, going, I know that, I know that, I know this, I know that, I know, I know all this stuff. Yes. And uh, God bless my little granddaughter Ariana. She just graduated. Was awarded. She got straight A's through all of middle school. Yeah, yeah she's like. She is scary smart, you know, she's just amazing and and committed and dedicated and if she has an A minus, she studies harder. It's like, really? (laughs) God bless you. But again, it's it's knowing the truth. I think it's why the Bible tells us that, you know, the truth will set you free. Free for what? To live in joy, to function in joy, to act in joy. To be in joy. Look at Romans. Turn to Romans with me. Romans chapter 14. Another passage that gives even greater understanding to this whole idea. Verse 12. I'm sorry, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Yielding to the Holy Spirit not only gives you power in your relationship to God, because what you're doing is you are entering into agreement with God. And when we do that, power is released. And I've discovered over years and years of ministry that the more I yield to the Holy Spirit and listen to what he has to say and then move on that, the more people are ministered to, The more people are encouraged, the more people are healed, the more people are blessed. The Holy Spirit is all about spreading the joy in the Spirit through peace and righteousness. It's right there. Paul says it. It's right there, right in Scripture. And then, finally, turn to John chapter 15, where Jesus talks about this idea John 15, verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I want, how many of you want Jesus' joy? The relationship that he had with his Heavenly Father was incredible. It gave him the power to discern truth and non truth, the power to discern those that were real and those that were hypocritical. It gave him the power to understand how to best minister to people, and to be led by the Spirit. So that's the challenge that we face today. God, help me to find joy in the journey. God, help me to find joy in the obstacles of life. God, help me to find joy in yielding to the Holy Spirit. Well, I can't finish without sharing another one of my favorite old hymns, so uh, deal with it, uh, no, I can't. no, no, don't deal with it, enjoy it, all right, it's a great old song that uh, I just, and it really, it shares the message uh, really in a, in a capsule. My heart can sing when I pause to remember. A heartache here is but a stepping stone along a trail that's winding always upwards. This troubled world is not my final home. But until then my heart will go on singing, until then with joy I'll carry on, until the day my eyes behold that city, until the day God calls me home, the things of earth will dim and lose their value. If we recall, they're borrowed for a while, and things of earth that cause the heart to tremble, remembered there, will only bring a smile. But until then, my heart will go on singing, Until then, with joy I'll carry on, until the day my eyes behold that city, until the day God calls us home. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks for letting me share.